So some of you, you may have brought your grain, your whatever. Don't hesitate whilst I'm preaching. It's not disturbing. You can walk to the altar. When I preach in our church, Bishop, people walk with normally as the anointing is flowing on the altar. Don't let it flow without your offering on the altar, without your gifts. Yeah, give me, give me the water. Just put it here. Thank you very much. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Yeah, I got a little bit of a headache, so some water will do me good. You are free to bring your offering even now. If you brought your grain whilst I'm ministering, let the anointing flow. Don't wait for a, a moment. If you brought your first fruits, whatever, put it here. Put it all over the place. That's why this altar is here. Many people don't understand that picture. The purpose of the altar. Whilst I'm preaching, something is happening in some monster place. <laughs> monster? Is there a place you say? Monster. Yes, some monster place. It's another Jackie Chan issue. Jackie Chan and Jackie Chan and Jackie Chan. Monster. In some, in some place somewhere. Nakonde. Name them. Name another place. Yes, whilst I'm preaching. I'm telling you, I have done that. When I'm preaching and things start to happen and people are calling from your rural something and your witches are wondering, what is going on? Is everything okay? Whilst I was preaching one day, I'm telling you, oh, some of these testimonies I don't want to, because I don't want to. Hmm. I'm not sure. Okay, let me not get excited here. Acts chapter number five, verse number, number 32. Please, then we go quickly to this. Do you have it there? Right. Oh, is that 11? That's not 32. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Sorry. Chapter 4. All the believers, somebody say all the believers, were in one heart and mind. One heart in mind, no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. Move on. This is for free. This one is for free. With great power, the apostles continued to testify the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons. <laughs> now, here it is. If you want to have poor people in this church, it's up to you, really. But I have an antidote. <laughs> it's there. The remedy is there. There is a point, Bishop, in the very first church that there was no one in need. Among them, not no one person. For from time to time, those who owned lands, huh. now you, you want to talk about giving when you're bringing kwacha? 
lands, houses, sold them, brought the money from the cells, and what happened? And put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. And there was no one needy among them. If you keep reading, okay, let's, then he speaks about that. He speaks about how, how come that you are giving everything and you are not in need? How? You, you need to dig deeper. They were giving everything, including their land, yet no one was in need. It is possible. And this is not Old Testament. This is New Testament. Wow. And the altar, I told you, was, it had moved because they, were, they didn't have synagogues were not theirs. The synagogues belonged to the, <laughs> to the priests and them who was of the old. And this is the new church that God has started and he moved his grace and anointing to the feet of the apostles, not to the temple. As the power was moving, the apostles moved with the altar for the convenience of his church. <laughs> so you would not complain. We are not allowed to be there. No, no, no. They move with the altar. And no one was a need. I'll leave it for your digestion. So, some of these moments are rare, Bishop. They don't come always. So, go back to the notes. Let him who has ears hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Sometimes you come to a place not for a crowd. You come for an individual. You may come for a family. And the rest of them are just escorts. Just like a wedding. I've been in such congregations, Bishop, where everybody was coming, not knowing that God had brought them to cheer me up. It was just my day. Just my day. And God has that humor. You never know all of you have come here just for one individual. And you are here to cheer them up. You may be the individual. Hallelujah. So I want to talk to you about the highway to greatness quickly. Hopefully we can. Now, because I didn't put the words, I slept quite late trying to put myself together uh, because I was trying to put everything. How best can I land this plane after this week of navigating through? Let's go to Genesis chapter number, number 26. I'll read from here and then um, go back, not back, to the notes. <laughs> go back. Hallelujah. We don't go back, we go back. In Zim, hallelujah. But obviously you must watch Jackie Chani. 
Bishop, Bishop. And there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went out unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerah. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Go not down to Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land and I will be with you, with thee, and I will bless thee for unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries and I will perform the oath which I swore unto your father Abraham thy uh, unto Abraham thy father and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven and I will give thy seed all the countries and in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed. Verse number 12. Then Isaac sowed in that very land. And Isaac sowed in that land. The very land where there was famine. Amazing, Isaac. How do you do that? If I had time, you will be blown to see Isaac at work in a land where there's a famine. In a land where he wanted to run away. Uh, just to dwell on that. But I will try to help you because I want to put all this together. And um, the Bible says, he sowed in the land and received or harvested in the same year, somebody say same year, a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. The man walks great and went forward and grew until he became very great for he had possessions of flock, possessions of herd and great store of servants and, and the Philistines envied him in the same year. Hallelujah. Oh, famine. God is amazing. For all the wells which the, his father's servants had digged or dug in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines had stopped and filled them with earth. And Abimelech, Abimelech said unto, unto him, go away from us, for thou art mightier than we, hallelujah. And he departed from thence and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerah. And if you go on and read and read, the Bible is amazing. I feel like preaching already. The Bible is amazing. It tells me that his servants begin to discover the wells that the Philistines had stopped and they began to discover them. Whilst they were in the bush, Bishop talked to me and they would come home where Isaac was. He was not with them in these bushes and in forests and he would come back. They would come back home to report. That's an amazing anointing that in the days we live people want to make deals with your opportunities people want to sell your opportunities but God had blessed oh come on I feel like preaching already God had blessed this man so much that they cannot cheat him even when they are away from him they reported every opportunity that belonged to Isaac even in his absence I prayed for many business people and great leaders for this anointing to be upon them that 
everyone and anyone who works for them cannot cheat them because they carry a presence that goes with those who serve them. In fact, God has said to his father Abraham, I will cause the fear of you upon man. Do you know? Africans, they know this phenomenon. But they use the same, the, the wrong way to be feared. They will take the beard of a lion and put it in their pocket to be feared. They'll move around with the skin of a python to be feared. But do you know God said to Abraham, I will cause your fear upon man. Mm. But let me quickly move with you and be disciplined uh, like uh, I am now. If it was my olden days, uh, this place would be something else. But now I have to preach like a presiding bishop. Hallelujah. <laughs> my boss is here. Watch it now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There are some things that we should expect along the highway because I'm talking to you about the highway to greatness. Your, you are as great as your seed that you sow. You are as great as your seed. Tell your neighbor, you are as great as your seed. Now let's, let's, take, uh, let's take a trip on this highway that you are on to greatness. It is really up to you uh, to reach the destiny or the destination of greatness. There are some things that we should expect along the highway to greatness. We should expect the following. Number one, there is traffic on the highway. There is traffic. There are others on the same road. There are others going the same direction, but there are others coming from that direction. There are others who are on their way back to poverty. Uh, back to where you are coming from. They are. They are. You have heard of them. Great men, great businessmen, great preachers, great men and women who are on their way back from greatness. But the good news today, as you listen to me, you are on the way to greatness. We should also watch for others who, are, who have been on the way before. Hallelujah. You must also understand there are temporal, uh, temporary stops that you find on the highway. It's not going to be smooth. On the road to greatness, there will be some inevitable stops that you will face. And you must be prepared for that. Hallelujah. Things we should expect along the highway. Things we carry along the highway. We must also be aware that there are certain things we must carry and certain things we must not carry. We must be weary of carrying bad passengers uh, or bad attitudes on the highway. Have you not been on a bus with bad passengers? They shout obscenities. Hallelujah. They may be drunk. You want to have a relaxed uh, road trip, but you have bad passengers. Watch some passengers that you may carry on this, your journey. Some of you, you already know some of the bad passengers you have carried with you. Some of that can be your attitude. The attitude that you have, there's some friends that you carry with you along the way. And maybe a wrong vehicle that you have taken to this particular road trip. But one thing that I want to remind you, you are on the highway to greatness. 
You must be wary or weary or be careful of the type of road that you're going to be traveling on. The road to greatness takes different turns which must be which you must be ready for. I don't want you to go on this trip without being prepared. Life is a journey and on this journey there are different things that you come across and you must be prepared. You must be prepared. The journey to greatness, you must be prepared to it because once you reach it and you are there, it might be actually a destruction if you are not prepared and ready for it. We must appreciate the different roads that God takes us through and move according uh, move accordingly as we pursue greatness there is a message i once preached long back the title of the message people could understand it was called for we come a different for we come a different when you're on this highway you must know that you are not your neighbor tell your neighbor i'm not you i'm not you so you must understand that. You are as great as the problems you solve as you go on this highway. You are as great as the problems you solve. Let me tell you, you want to be great in this church, show me the problems you have solved. You want to be great in this country, show me the problems you have solved. Let me tell you, Christians must move from being problem analysts to problem solvers. You can never rule until you deal with the Goliath. We can never promote you until you, you show us the head of the Goliath you have killed. There are many people who want to be great before they solve great problems. Let me repeat, you are as great as the problems you solve, not the problems you analyze. And the biggest problem we have had, Bishop, we have promoted problem analyzers and not problem solvers. Hallelujah. I hope I'm speaking to somebody. Churches, families, and nations are suffering from the lack of problem solvers. People who see a problem and solve it. I don't like you when you see a problem in church and you give me a phone call. I like a phone call that says, Bishop, there was this issue, we have resolved it. Those that I passed anoint, if you call me with a problem, not a solution, I don't need you. You are irrelevant. Great sons call their father with solutions to problems. The reason why I'm here, I have been a problem solver back home. My bishop depended on me whenever there are great problems, he would call upon me to go into Baghdad to solve the most difficult issues. You, you can't compete with me because you're handsome. You can't compete because you're beautiful. You compete because you've solved a problem. So you're as great as the problems you solve. The bigger the problem you solve, then the greater the promotion. The private battles you, you, have, you, have, you have solved or fought are a preparation for the greater problems of the Goliaths of this world. There are so many of you, we want, you want us to celebrate your killing of the lion and the killing of the bear. We want to hear of the killing of the lion and the killing of the bear the day you are bringing. Uh, you want to give us, you want to convince us that you have relevant skills and relevant um, 
uh, resume to deal with our Goliath. Hallelujah. The problem with many people today, Bishop, is they come to us with the testimony of the bear. Wait a minute. We want to hear it when Goliath is facing us so that you want to convince us not every little thing that you have done that you bring before. In fact, if I preach to you about some testimonies that we give, yet God says, do you know one thing that God complained in one, in one psalm in the Bible that covers the entire journey of Israel from Egypt until the day of David? Psalm 70, 70 is it Psalm 78? Psalm, psalm 78? Where the scripture gives you a panorama and it gets to verse 40. Is it 78, 72? 78, 72. It gets to verse 40 after God had, oh my God, Bishop, God help me. After the psalmist says, he gave us manna, food from angels. We crossed the Red Sea. Uh, verse, from verse 12, 25, 20, he talks about how great God had helped them. Sorry, this is a, a little bit of a digression. But he gets to verse 40, he says, but... They limited the Holy One of Israel. Oh, you don't want me to preach to you on that. But they limited the Holy One of Israel. How often they rebelled against him in the desert. You're doing well there. Whoever is there, you're doing well. You're anointed. How often they rebelled against him in the desert and grieved him in the wilderness. Bishop, how? How do you say? Next verse. Huh? Next verse. Again and again, they put God to test. They vexed the Holy One of Israel. People vexed God because of unbelief. The only scripture where God complained that he was limited was in... The, yet, if you read verses before, they'd eaten angels' food. They'd believed God to cross the Red Sea. They'd believed God... So, I ask the question. I'm talking to you about problems that you saw. If we cross the Red Sea, and God comes to me and says, you limited me. So what do you want? You have never thought about it. Bishop, Bishop, we play games. Don't come and testify to me that I have a Mercedes-Benz when God could have wanted to give you a job. And God comes to you and says, you limited me. Banda, you limited me. Do you know God is not happy about these little testimonies we go about? My question to God is, so what do you mean? After crossing the Red Sea, Bishop, I can preach on that and bring the, wall, the walls down and bring the roof down. What do you mean, God? God, what do you mean? All of you, you are sitting here thinking you have seen God at work. You haven't seen anything. You haven't seen anything. How can God complain you vexed me? Lord, after we... We walked on dry ground. Yes, you vexed me. Yes, you did vex me. Because you could have done much greater, bigger than you have done so far. Ah, can I preach in this house, Bishop? Can I preach in this house? Many of you, you are seated there with this little testimony of yours. Yet God is already complaining that he could have done much bigger, much better, much greater. Bishop. Mm, there's always deeper things and higher things in God. Tell me, answer me. How do you say we vexed you when we ate angels' food? Yes, you did. How do you say we vexed you, Lord, when we crossed the Red Sea? Can I show you something? Can I shock you? Hmm. 
God knew that after they had walked on the dry ground, it was not a testimony at all. Why did God complain? Because one day, Jesus comes. He sees a sea. Instead of walking on a dry ground, he walks on top of it. Oh, Bishop, you're not hearing me. This church is not hearing me. So don't come here. <laughs> don't tell me. Oh, we walked on dry ground. Come on. Before Jesus comes, in fact, God expected them when they got to the Red Sea to walk on it. Imagine, Bishop, what a miracle it was going to be if they had walked on the Red Sea with their dogs, with their cats, with their, with their everything. What Pharaoh would have died seeing babies crawling on the water. Can I preach in this house? I feel like preaching now. Bishop, can I preach in this house? There's much more. There's much more. There's a bigger building. God can actually give you the city. On this highway, we have limited him. And you think, there's always something greater in God. Imagine their bulls on the water. Oh, oh, oh. Their dogs. Their kids playing Sunday school on water. Mommy, mommy, mommy. Playing soccer. Going to the other side. Pharaoh would have died right there. Come on, Bishop. You are as great as the problems you saw. If you think walking on water or something, there was still something bigger. There's a deacon who came. And he wanted to go preach somewhere. If you had come and say, ah, I walked on water. Philip came bishop. He was not even a bishop. He was not an apostle. He was a deacon. He flew air Holy Ghost. No helmet. Nothing. Ah, you're joking. See, so, this is the same Bible you read. And you come here. Oh, God is good. Look at my mask. I have a very best mask in church. Ah, ah. I just bought a house. God says, a house? Philip came. Where others walked. When you come with your little testimony, some said, oh, where you walked, I flew. Anyway. I will preach one day that this is for free. Let me go on. You are as great as the seed you sow. Isaac gave, uh, gives us some crucial lessons on greatness. Today, we shall learn how we can, we can be great what, uh, wherever God places us. Wherever God places you, you can learn to be great. Isaac's story um, dispels the following myths on greatness. Number one, I can only be great in, in favorable conditions. You're joking. No, 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 no. God wants the worst conditions to take you to the next level. Can I preach in this house? Let's dispel this other means. I can only be great in, in the land if conditions are favorable. No, 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 no. That's not how God operates. Hallelujah. Isaac clearly shows us that we are as great as the seed we sow. Why? Because he planted in a land of famine. Hallelujah. Today, we are going to look at 
three crucial factors in Isaac's highway. Quickly, let's look at that. How uh, a highway to greatness. He planted. He First of all, he was planted. Hmm? He overcame conditions. Number three, he sowed in the land. First of all, he himself was planted. Now you have, you have church people who are church hoppers. In Arare, we have about 20,000 of them. They help prophets to start churches. They move to the next prophet. They move to the next prophet. Isaac was planted because he wanted to go. God says, stay here. Be planted here. I've got something to work with you. Most of us, we pray, you know, bishop people pray, and we pray, Lord, bless them. The day the blessing comes, they've moved. If you read, uh, Bishop, can I digress again? If you read, why many people miss their blessing, Bishop? Can I digress? Dig deeper. You read the seven churches. The seven churches. Or the seven churches in Revelation. Each church, Bishop, ah, this is for free and powerful. The Bible says, say to the angel at the church at, which the angel meaning the pastor. I know there are many theological debates on that. My view is that it's the pastor because angels don't sin. Because the angel is also addressed as a sinner together with the church. So it's basically the pastor of the church. That's how God respects people who look after you. Say, say to the angel of the church, Ed, and these are the things you're doing well. These are the things you're doing badly. This is what we're going to do if you do this. Are you getting me? He goes on to the next church. He goes, because in the New Testament, Bishop, a local church, you and I must understand that as presiding bishops of churches, it's not the denomination that is very important. That theology must be very clear. We must uphold and strengthen local churches because the Bible, okay, there you go, there you go. I have another wonderful thing going on there. Say to the angel at the church of, these are the words of him who holds, da, da, da. move on to the next verse. Let me show you. The, to the angel at the church of good. Now, it then tells you what you must correct what you're not doing well and what you're doing well and what you must change. Now watch this, Bishop. I just want to give your, 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 your sons and daughters here a, a very, this one, oh, this one, under normal circumstances, I'll charge you, I'm telling you. This is powerful. Watch this, Bishop. Dear Lord. Now, um, let's look at this one. I know your affliction and your poverty, yet you are rich. Da, 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 da. Now, God comes to this church and says, these are the things you are struggling with. Okay? This is the remedy. And I'm going to bless you if you do this. Okay? He goes to the next church. That's why people go to other churches and they are so happy because the sins there are not their sins. <laughs> go read that scripture. Have you ever seen when you visit other people's churches, the message there does not rebuke you. It's only happy, happy because the sins there are not your. You have left where you are rebuked. <laughs> Read the scripture. Bishop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the church hoppers, they are always church hoppers. They keep missing because there is a blessing for this church. When the blessing, number one, the rebuke comes when you repent, there is a reward. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, imagine. People are repenting here for what God has said. If you change this, I'm going to bless you. And you are in the next church. Where they are talking about their sin of stealing money. And you are not a money stealer. You are an adulterer here. <laughs> huh? 
Here God is rebuking your doubter. There he is rebuking about their stealing. So you stand, hallelujah, hallelujah, because you are not stealing money. But the sideline to that, the side side of it is that when the blessing is coming, you won't get it because it's not yours there. Yours is when you repent of your adultery here. So, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Can, 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 I, can I teach here? Can I go deeper? So many people, many of you as you hope from one church to the other, you are always on the same place because you, you are neither rebuked, neither do you get a reward. I, I'm preaching, pastor. Keep hoping. We will see you nothing. Keep going from one place to the next. That's why you are nothing. Because God does not deal with church hoppers. God deals with assemblies. I can even end it. Bishop. <laughs> I feel pity for people who do that. Next time, stay put. <laughs> Ouch, another surgeon, another stitch. It was for free. I bless those who are bringing their prayer requests, their whatever next. May the grace flowing on this altar touch you. Amen. So let's quickly move now. Hallelujah. Now, refuse to walk away. Refuse to walk away. Tell your neighbor, refuse to walk away. Tell your neighbor, refuse to walk away. Now, Egypt is calling. Egypt is calling you. Have you ever been a place where you really feel Egypt is calling on you? Isaac finds things are hard here. Things are not going to plan according to plan. Have you ever been in a place where you feel things are not going? God says, stay there. Refuse to walk away. Number one. Hallelujah. He refused to walk away. Isaac's first challenge was being planted in the land which God had placed him. That's your number one challenge. Bishop, I could have gone overseas anytime. Anytime. But the Lord is good. If I go, then who remains in Zimbabwe? If I go, then who, who will encourage Zimbos? Glory be to Jesus. I will be planted and the Lord will take me to the next level whilst I am planted. Hallelujah. Look at you now. You are planning to go. You are planning to catch the next plane. Ah, may the grace of God be upon you. He was tempted to flee to Egypt because the famine and the Philistines that ruled that land were causing him problems. Hallelujah. There can be no great, no greatness without being planted. Egypt, I put the Egypt 340Ks, sin 150Ks, drugs 75Ks, small house 15Ks away, giving up 400Ks. Don't move. Stay put. Hallelujah. Big, being planted is equal to uh, to a marriage of convenient huh? where there can be no divorce. I mean, marriage of covenant. When you are planted and you are, you are willing, you know, the other day I was talking to a pastor and your other elder when they were talking to me about the events of the 80s. I said there is a blessing for that. There is a blessing for longevity. May the Lord bless you, men of God. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Before the blessing, Isaac needed to prove that he was planted, number one. He had to prove this in the midst of harsh famine and the Philistines who wanted his wife. It is easy to be committed when people and the weather is fine. Many of us will be committed because you like it here. That's not how God works. Because the people here are favorable to you. That's not the way God works. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. You don't develop muscle by lifting a cup of tea. Hallelujah. <laughs> you see those who, who have a muscle, you think it's by lifting a cup of tea. No. It's not that way. Praise the Lord. It is another thing to be committed when all is well. It is another thing to be committed when all is well. Keep moving with me. Well done. God bless you. It is another thing. Uh -huh. Somebody's watching and thinking this is a game. May the Lord bless you. Do you consider yourself committed? Bless you. Who picks their bags as soon as hardships come? There's some of you, as soon as hardships come, you, you are disappeared. You are gone. But let me tell you, wait a minute. Stay another day. Stay another hour. The grace of God is coming. You must be planted in, hallelujah, number one, in a permanent relationship with God. First of all, permanent relationship with God. Secondly, in the church. Thirdly, in your marriage if you are married. Hallelujah. In your purpose. Bishop, there are people who change their purpose today. They are this tomorrow. They are this. The only way for you to be great is to work your gift. Stay in your gift and work it. And work it. And work it. How did we become where we are, Bishop? We have been working on this gift. We have stayed in the gift. Do you think I didn't want to be the president? Do you think I didn't want to be a minister? But I wanted to be a pastor and I've been working on the gift and keep working on it and keeping working on it until God makes you great. Come on, Isaac. Stay. Stay on. Hallelujah. He overcomes the conditions of the year of famine. Very important. Move on, son. He overcame the conditions of the year of famine. You want to come and tell me you're great? What have you overcome? What have you overcome? You want to talk to me? <clears throat> oh, my marriage is great. Are you sure? What have you overcome to give us a testimony? If it's great because you have not yet overcome anything, you are still a long way to go. Hallelujah. Let's look at this. Great people are masters of unfavorable conditions. <laughs> uh, can I repeat, Bishop? Great people are masters of unfavorable conditions. The children of Israel could have crossed the Red Sea to the land of Canaan in 11 days, you know, Bishop. 11 days. But that's not how God works. He had to take them around the wilderness for 40 years so that he tests what was in their hearts. If conditions are good, then there is no need for heroes. If conditions were good, then there is no need for heroes. I'm preaching here. Great people don't wait for perfect conditions, but they make conditions perfect. <laughs> Hallelujah. Great people don't wait for conditions to be perfect. They make the conditions perfect. A testimony is far greater when the conditions are unfavorable. Bishop, a testimony is far greater when the conditions are unfavorable. 
Don't come and tell me, oh, I'm great. And you are coming here with a rabbit. Come here with a lion. Come here with a lion. Then we know. And the Lord bless you. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. You are not even disturbing the Lord. Hallelujah. The favor of the Lord is upon you. Keep doing it. And I pray that the Lord continues. As I preach, let favor flow in your life. Obedience is not really obedience when the conditions are normal. Bishop, obedience is not obedience when conditions are normal. After Isaac obeyed God, he never complained about the famine. Let me give you a quick example. Me, me, I don't pastor under 18. One of my deacons, I told you the story when, 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 it, was, when it was very difficult in Zimbabwe. He bought 50 kgs of sugar to help me. 50. And sugar was gold. I'm talking about a testimony, obedience. So he called me, gring, gring, gring. Uh, Rev, I said, how are you? He says, I bought you sugar. 50 kgs, please pass by my house and get your sugar. I said, Sonny, from today on, you'll never find me in your house. Your brain is not in the right place. You think a whole bishop like me. I was not even bishop then. I should come to your house because you bought me 50 kgs of sugar. I will not come until that sugar is in my house. You don't know my address? I do. So you want to move around saying, that guy loves sugar. <laughs> he came to my house to get his 50 kgs of sugar. 50 kgs is not a joke. And it was at the highest level of lack in Zimbabwe. I told him, if you're a good son, I want to see that sugar in my house. I don't play games. The other time he had not tithed for seven months. I said, you're joking. And you're a digger. I want a payback. Seven months going back. Oh, you are blessed. You're a very polite bishop. And I said, you're, I'm not joking. All what God has made you is because of my preaching. I tithe. Who are you not to tithe? He went back home. He went and wrote a check for seven months and it was not a joke. It was serious money. Please. Bishop. Please. Okay, don't try this at home. <laughs> but if you deal with me and you want God to bless you, and the guy was blessed so much, he built a massive house in six months. Because he obeyed. The next time I saw the sugar in my house, I said, well done, son. Well done. Well done. I'm not for sale. I'm not for sale. Let me tell you, I'm not for sale. I had a brother who gave me a three-bedroomed house. I sat down with him one day talking about something that he had not done well. <laughs> I said, oh, because you gave me a house, here are your keys. And I mean it. And I gave him the keys. And look at some of you. I simply gave an instruction of a very simple thing. Very simple thing. Go get your fruits, first fruits. Bring it to the house of them. And still looking at me. And you think my anointing will just flow to people who are disobedient. Oh, let's go back. Oh, please come back, come back, come back. It was just a testimony. It had nothing to do with you. <laughs> Isaac navigated his way through harsh famine. Yet greatness will never come to you 
if you cannot outlast the famine, huh? How? Some of you, you, your famine outlasts you. A nation, and nations have experienced economic, political, and social famine. Great people emerge from this famine, having sown a seed. It's not only countries that face famine. Churches faces famines. Families faces the same. Companies faces the same. Individuals faces the same. Stay put and see the deliverance of the Lord. Hallelujah. He overcame conditions. The year of famine. A famine will reveal whether you are obedient or not. And whether you are planted or not. A famine, the most important thing is God's promise. Bishop, God's promise. I preached a sermon one year that was called Promise Premised Life. Do you know, I don't care how powerful you are, I don't care how sick you are, until the promises of God are fulfilled in your life, you will not die. You don't know that. It's as simple as that. You may be sick like you are dying tomorrow. If God says you are going to be president, until you become one, you will not die. I'm telling you, you will not. Genesis 26 verse number 3. God said to Isaac, dwell in this land. I will be with you and I will bless you. That is the promise. Dwell in this land and I will be with you and I will bless you. God's presence will sustain and cover you from the famine. I said God's presence will cover you and, 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 and help you in a time of difficulties. God's blessing will promote you despite the famine. The blessing is far more powerful than a mere famine. Oh, your blessed life is more powerful than anything else that you will face. You are not hearing me. The blessing of God on your life is more powerful. Therefore, celebrate the blessing. Don't mourn the famine. Uh, can I repeat? I want you to celebrate the blessing of God over your life. I am blessed. I like our, our benediction and our declaration. I'm blessed. I'm connected. Celebrate that. Don't worry about the kwacha. Hey, the kwacha is falling. Ah, you are not falling. As long as you're not falling, it is well with me. <laughs> Before we address Isaac sowing, let us briefly deal with the power of the seed. <laughs> let me describe the power of the seed. The power of your offering. Many of you, you don't know that your offering is more power than anything else that you have ever seen. Hallelujah. Scripture has always taught us, Bishop, on the power of the seed. Consider the following verses which relate to the seed. Number one, the seed of the woman shall crush the head of the serpent. <laughs> the seed of the woman shall crush the head of the serpent. The seed is powerful, Bishop. The seed is powerful. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest time will never cease. Thou art our sister. Eh? Genesis 24 verse 60. 
Be thou the mother of thousands and millions and let thy seed possess the gates of those who hate them. May your seed possess the gates for you. May your seed that you're offering, may your, may your first fruit possess the gates on your behalf. In the mighty name of Jesus. Consider the following verses which relate to the seed. I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as the mustard seed, Bishop, you can say to this mountain, be thou moved from there and be moved and it will be moved. Nothing will be impossible to you. Bishop, when Jesus was talking about this verse, it, it was, he was talking practical. In English, you don't say this. When you're talking about something that is not there, you can say to this mountain, which means you are actually pointing at a mountain. If you did your grammar well. This is not Jiggy Chan and Jackie Chan, hey? I'm talking about grammar. <laughs> Bishop, in the Bible, there is a Shunammite woman. Have you ever read that verse? <laughs> when I preach about that verse, do you know what happened? Oh, Bishop, Bishop, I wish I had some time here. Do you know what happened? I'm talking about this and I'm talking about seed. The Shunammite woman, the Bible says, and the woman perceived that this was a man. You see, what happens, the difference between you receiving and not receiving is your perception. You see, there are people here who are still sitting trying to figure out who I am. Who is this guy? The Shunammite woman, there were many women in that street. She perceived. Yeah. <laughs> Bishop, she perceived. When she perceived, she acted. When she acted, listen to this, there is a verse that says, one day Elisha, eh, the man of God was passing by, and he went to the room. <laughs> this is for free. He went to the room. And he sat on the bed. Bishop, he sat on the bed. If you want to talk about grammar. And he said, call me this Shunammite woman. If you read it. Eh? Ah. Ah. Give, give it in King James the original version. He says, call me. He sat on the bed. Eh? Can I have one of these chairs? So that I illustrate. Sorry, I'm diverting a little bit. But it's important. Huh? And he, before that, go back to the verse before. Go back to the verse before. Huh? Let us make a little chamber. Da, 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 uh -huh. Next verse. And it fell on a day that he came thither and turned into the chamber and lay there. <laughs> I'm using a chair. He lay there when he felt the comfort of the bed. Listen to the next verse. <laughs> Bishop, listen to the next verse. And he said, he, he turned it thither. And he what? He went on the bed. <laughs> when he went on the bed, he said, the moment he sat there, ah, call me this Shunammite woman. This is too much. The Shunammite woman was not there. So what is it that he called this Shunammite woman? The bed. Call me this one. This one. Who did this? <laughs> You're joking. Some of you, how, 
I will never, I said to my bishop, you can never be a great man and leave me behind. Bishop, you can't be this great and somebody struggling in this church. They don't know how to abuse you. If I were in this church, I will abuse you. What I mean by such, I will take everything on you. And the day you see me great, I don't care. I don't care. I understand. How do you have a bishop who flies and you have no passport? <laughs> How do you have a bishop who is at the state house all the time and you, you can't afford the land? Me, I'll touch your hem and I will bless you until I'm thoroughly blessed beyond you. Mm. How? I refuse. I told my bishop whenever I'm taking a seat to him, bishop, I said I'll be greater than you. Why? Not because I envy you. Because I am ceding to you. I am honoring you. I am blessing you. And my bishop doesn't understand me. He can't figure me out up to today. He can't. You cannot figure out me because if you can't figure out my seed, how can you figure me out? How? How? Bishop, you know the kind of meetings I was having yesterday. Anyway, let me leave you. You haven't perceived as yet. God has put great potential in every seed. When believers saw, greatness comes. Before we look at Isaac's seed, we must understand the land in which he sowed. Gera offered three specific reasons that would have discouraged him from sowing. <laughs> Number one, the famine meant that any farming venture had a very high probability of failure. So that could have discouraged him. So Isaac, how did you sow? There was no rain. I'll, I'll, I'll show you something. Maybe I have to land this without going through this thing, man. Now, the foreign factor, Isaac was in a foreign land with no, with no what? With no claim to the land which he was in. It is easier to do business in a local, as a local or in a local environment than as a foreigner. The fear factor. Because he was a, a foreigner, he feared the, his, for his marriage because they were already looking at his wife. He feared because he had no defense. But he was a man of faith to sow his seed despite the risks Isaac sowed in that land. This is how he became great. He reaped a hundredfold bishop. I, I, I want to probably let me end there. I have so much to say and just illustrate something. Then I pray for you. He reaped a hundredfold in the same year. He experienced threefold level of greatness in one year. He began to prosper. He waxed great. Level two, he continued to prosper. He went forward, level three. <laughs> he became very prosperous. He became very great. In one year. Bishop, <laughs> Isaac was an amazing man. Level one, he became, huh? there you go. Thank you very much. Level one, he became prosperous. Level two, he, he continued to prosper. Level three, he became very prosperous. And this is a child of God. And that's our portion as God's children. That's our portion. I'll explain to you some miracle that happened there that you don't understand. God will challenge you to sow 
into areas that seem unfavorable. So anyways. This is because heroes are born out of unfavorable climates. So anyway. God may challenge you to sow in places which, which uh, with high chances of failure. So anyway. Because he has promised you. He, here are areas where you must sow the kingdom of God. In relationships. The kingdom of God. In relationships. In work. Keep working. And the Lord will bless you. Hallelujah. There are three seeds that must, you must sow. Time. The amount of time we put in everything will determine what he will get, you will get out of it. Now you can see I put time into this sermon. You said, I'm going, I'm going to present a paper and the paper is quite quite. <laughs> Talent. We give our love, our friendship, our prayers, and our abilities and service. Do it well. Treasure. We give finances and material things. Do it well. Do it well. Isaac taught us that we are as great as the seed we sow. We discovered that we must sow despite the conditions we serve. We, we the blessing God is far, of God is far more than now. Let me let me end here and explain one thing, then we end. And I pray for this church, Bishop. I want somebody to explain to me. There is no rain, Bishop. There is no rain. On the word of God and obedience to the word of God, Isaac decides to sow. Many people don't understand how God works. At the word of God, Bishop, Regardless of circumstances and conditions, God is able to do his word. How do you sow when there is no rain? And then the Bible tells us he reaped a hundredfold. It's only reaping. It's not only reaping. His sheep, his goats started multiplying. You remember the other day I was telling you about the other guy whose sheep <laughs> whose sheep started just to have speckles and streaks when I preach it in my vernacular I, 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 I give it the title whether you like it or not they will be speckled <laughs> now Bishop Isaac sows and he reaps a hundredfold and everybody else is dry how did God do that But else, gods and animals are thin. They are falling. And Isaac, his are so fat. Mm. You can see the amount of dung. Where are they eating? Now, it takes me back to Genesis. God is amazing. You are among people who, who don't know what they're doing and you are just prospering and they don't know why. In Genesis, we hear before the, the time of Noah, that water will just come from the ground. I want to believe God did that miracle again to one man. Yeah, and if, if I'm not telling the truth, so explain to me. So Isaac sows, there's no rain, water comes to Isaac's field. Because he's obeying the word of God. Oh, there's no money in Lusaka, in Zambia, and God just makes sure your field. 
let, let, let me tell you something. They will come for a field day in my field. God starts to irrigate Isaac's field. There is no, there is no palms going. You just see his, his maize are green. His calembra is green. <laughs> I love my God. I'm telling you, I'm saying so, and you're looking at me. You don't know how God is going to do it. I have an explanation. Water starts coming out. So they pass by. Isaac's maize are green. His vegetables are green. But we are not seeing any rain. You must see my God. So, we go to the, to the grazing land. And others, goats are dying. Isaacs are fed. They are eating. What? It's on the ground. The Lord must be, have been bringing green grass right into their mouth. Explain to me, okay. We are in a field, there is no rain, there is no grass, but you are fed and you eat grass. How are you fed? They are all their heads are down. The Lord makes sure into the mouth of Isaac's gods, green grass is coming. May I decree and declare <laughs> in the same place where there are no boys to marry, you have a wedding. What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> when everybody else can't eat, God provides. So, you can't have young ones if you're not eating properly. They are eating properly every day. They go to the fields. God makes sure they are eating green. Others are dying. And the Philistines can't explain it. The only thing they can do is get away. Get out of here. Get out of here. We can't explain you. What kind of a person are you? How come your goats are so fat? Wait, wait. Are you okay? You must be a witch doctor. No, I'm not. God is with me. May I decree and declare that in this season, <laughs> in this very season, I don't care what's going on in this country. The, 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 you are Isaac's children. <laughs> you are the children of God. <laughs> you, 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 you. You may walk in the same streets, but you're anointed differently. You may work at the same company. You are anointed differently. I decree and declare that your season is now. That your moment is now. You are the Isaac of the moment. The Lord will defy every odds. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I want you to begin to pray now and make a declaration. I'm a son of God. Begin to decree and declare. I'm the son of Abraham. I'm a daughter of Abraham. Wherever you are, I don't care what the devil is doing and what the devil is up to. Your season is now. Come on, open your mouth and begin to pray. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Hallelujah. Come on, begin to pray. Shout it out, shout it out, shout it out now. Tell the devil I'm planting anyway. Tell your enemies I'm sowing anyway. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. I am sowing anyway. Tell your neighbor I'm on the highway to greatness. Tell your neighbor before the end of this year, I'm reaping a hundredfold. Before the end of this year, I'm harvesting. I am harvesting in the name of Jesus. My sheep are giving birth. My cattle, everything that is under my jurisdiction. Hey, hallelujah. The grace of God is all over me. The favor of God is all over me. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Yes. Yes. Come on, open your mouth and shout a little bit more. In the mighty name of Jesus.